More coming up here at JM and the AM. A reminder, next week, Women's League, Makar Disability Services, will be our focus for the big Sunday night event right in the middle of their crowdfunding campaign. On Sunday night, we get to do a, a two-hour live presentation with great entertainment, Benny Friedman and Joey Newcomb, and uh, a lot of education about the work that um, that Women's League Makar Disability Services does. You can go for information to makardisabilityservices.org, makardisabilityservices.org. With us live via telephone, Dr. Stephen Glicksman, Director of Clinical Innovation at Makar. Dr. Glicksman, welcome to JM in the AM. Good morning, Nakam. Thank you so much for having me back. A pleasure to speak with you. Great to have you back. Well, look, Makar uh, Women's League's been around for a very, very long time, doing wonderful things in our community. How would you sum it up? How would you uh, introduce to people what Women's League Makar Disability Services does in our community? So Makar started 42 years ago, 1978. Um, with the dream of one woman, Mrs. Jean Warman, who wanted to make life for families with children with intellectual and developmental disabilities in the Jewish community easier. She began with one group home for eight men in Borough Park, half of whom were survivors just coming out of the, of the horrors of the institutions. We've since grown into an award-winning lifespan social services organization. We have about 35 residences, uh, ranging from our home for medically frail infants, all the way to our geriatric facility for seniors with intellectual disabilities. We have homes for men and for homes for women, homes for teens. We have married couples apartments. We have a supportive employment program, a community habilitation program that brings staff into people's homes so they, so they don't necessarily need to um, avail themselves to our residential services. We have an early intervention program for infants, an ABA center. We have a groundbreaking Dehabilitation Without Walls program that we literally opened for individuals that couldn't be served or who were frankly kicked out of other programs because of the severity of their challenges. And we have our McCord College Experience program in partnership with Yeshiva University that we're just so proud of and that is breaking down barriers every day. Now you know why we need a two-hour program on Sunday night in order to get through all of the things that Makar is doing in our community. Simply amazing, that list. Um, when you talk about the residences, are they all in Brooklyn, all in New York? Where are they located? So our residences are currently in Brooklyn, all over Brooklyn, right. um, in Borough Park and Seagate and Crown Heights. We're in the midst now of, of um, applying for uh, services in New Jersey. So we hope very soon to be able to provide uh, the Makor level of care in New Jersey. Um, to people who need us there. You know, all of the different programs you mentioned, every one of those could be its own separate organization. You realize that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you talk about all the different uh, groups that you're serving, and we're talking about uh, there are actually organizations out there that would be you know, dedicated to that one specific group. It's amazing how much is under one roof at uh, McCord Disability services. Tell me how COVID-19 has impacted the day programs and then even, I, I would guess more acutely, has, uh, has affected the, uh, the residences. So COVID has hit us hard. Um, we did have to, uh, aside from the fact that um, many of the programs that our residents go to during the day, because because we do avail ourselves with uh, you know to the programs of many of our sister agencies. Right. So when those day programs closed, 
Macor was now responsible for providing 24-hour services, even for the people who, who typically go off to other programs. Right. So that was a, a huge expense. And then, like everybody else in the community and, and in the country and in the world, we did you know, have our share of people who unfortunately uh, contracted COVID-19, some of whom uh, were unfortunately nifter. We had uh, one student in particular, Sadia Ehrenprice, sure. who, um, who was a, a founding student of our Marquardt College Experience Program. Yeah, we knew and, Sadia very well. Yeah, and, uh, and that, that hit us uh, quite hard. Um, are you able to maintain? Are you able to maintain a staff during COVID? I mean, I guess one of the things that the you know the regular staff at the residences would be afraid of, obviously, is uh, you know being with other people during the pandemic. But at the same time, you need supervision for residences. That must have been a very difficult balance to strike at that time. Our staff has gone so beyond what you would think is humanly possible in terms of care, in terms of commitment. And we saw this, you know, in all, in all of our years, we saw this when there was, you know, a blizzard and we had staff who couldn't get in and couldn't get home. And we had staff just on for 24-hour shifts um, who just stayed way past their, you know, official time was, was over uh, because we needed them. So, too, during COVID, we had... Um, we had staff just plugging away, helping people, uh, making sure that, uh, that everybody was socially distanced, that everybody was wearing masks, that we followed all the protocols. Um, and then when, unfortunately, we had people hospitalized, uh, one of the services that we provide that, that isn't funded you know, by, uh, by the state, we, we, even our funded programs are only funded to about 95%. Right. So, you know, if we provide somewhere around $36 million worth of funded services, that still leaves, you know, one and three-quarter million dollars that we have to raise just to provide the funded services. But on top of that, there's so many unfunded services that we provide, and one of them is that we really make sure that none of our residents are ever hospitalized for any reason alone. So... um, so whereas the state would say, once somebody's in the hospital, you no longer need to provide staff for them, we know that care in hospitals isn't necessarily as, uh, as high level when you don't have a family member there. And our residences, our residents are our, are our family. So we make sure to have staff there even though we uh, don't necessarily get support for that from, from other sources. And, of course, now it's uh, even more difficult to to get people to accompany people to hospitals, but that's something that I'm sure your staff worked out. Yeah, and we really had to advocate and really needed to, to fight for people who couldn't speak up for themselves. Um, it was a challenge. It, it, it remains a challenge, but, uh, but thank God our, our staff is really committed. Our nursing staff, all of our homes have, uh, have a, a private doctor that's affiliated with them, um, so when you know when you look at emergency room services, for example, we don't use so many emergency room services like many other agencies do because all of our residents have private doctors right. that they have a relationship with. So um, so that also helps in terms of our relationship with the different hospitals that we use. Uh, our our medical team has really gone above and beyond during this crisis.
Unbelievable the way people have responded to this. Yeah, just unbelievable. Dr. Stephen Glicksman is with us. He's Director of Clinical Innovation at MyCar, MyCarDisabilityServices.org, MyCarDisabilityServices.org. You know it is Women's League as well from years ago. Those of you out there, get ready for a uh, wonderful program this coming Sunday night beginning at 8 p.m. Smack in the middle of the crowdfunding campaign that MyCar is undertaking, and I hope everybody will be generous and support them. It's going to be January the 3rd and January the 4th, Sunday and Monday, but right in the middle – on Sunday night, we host a two-hour event with a lot of information, a lot of inspiration, and a lot of entertainment. Joey Newcomb and Benny Friedman are going to be part of the program this coming Sunday night. So everyone make sure to tune in starting at 8 p.m. And on, on Sunday, that's number one. And number two, support the work of Makar by going to MakarDisabilityServices.org and participating. By the way, I noticed that there's a Sadia Aaron Price Memorial Endowment Fund. That's one way for people to give. And obviously, uh, we're encouraging everyone to give when the crowdfunding campaign uh, begins on a Sunday morning. Uh, so keep that in mind. Uh, Dr. And Gl- that, yeah, go ahead, yeah, Dr. And I'll just I'll, you know, say that Sadia Aaron Price Memorial Fund also goes directly to the McCor College Experience Program at Yeshiva University Great. and particularly to help people from out of state who don't get funding to go there. People from New Jersey, we get tons of calls from people um, from New Jersey. We've had students from Chicago that, uh, that aren't necessarily funded to be there and, and who we need to provide scholarships for. Otherwise, it would just be um, you know, impossible for people to attend. So that is a great way to, uh, to help people really live out dreams that they, that they wouldn't be able to otherwise without, without Makor. Well, I've seen that program up close and personal, and it's amazing, frankly. And by the way, the the staff and counselors of that program also amazing. I've seen them I've seen them operate uh, literally in front of my eyes, and they're incredible. Uh, by the way, the uh, the crowdfunding address everybody is charity dot com slash macar c h a r i d y charity dot com slash macar charity dot com slash macar. Doctor Glicksman, you're director of clinical innovation. I mean, you 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 pay careful attention, obviously, to the progress that the residents and the, those that you're servicing make on a regular basis. I mean, I would have to assume that there was a fear that this whole pause in life over the last few months could affect development in certain people. We know the fear that we have in, in regular situations with children, you know, who, who we wonder, you know, what, what's all this Zoom education, remote learning going to do or not do for them, you know, as they develop. I mean, th- you must have had great concern about the, uh, the, the general direction uh, that um, that your residents uh, and those you serve were making in the area of education and therapies, et cetera. Am I right about that? Totally. It was really hard. Um, and, and again, when you talk about uh, people in day programs that, that were closed or people having Zoom programs for just a couple of hours a day as yeah. opposed to a full day, uh, people who couldn't leave the house and families. You know, when somebody... When somebody uh, who has a child, or you know, be it a child, child or an adult child uh, with uh, specialized needs, and they give the care for their loved one over to an agency. So the relationship between the agency and the family is so important. And when the guidelines came down that that we weren't allowed to have visitors in the homes and that families couldn't come see their loved ones necessarily, it was just so hard for the for the service participants, for the families, for the staff, for for everybody to uh, to get through. And then as things changed and you started to have, you know visitations through windows and then you had right. visitations directly outside and 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 people 
not being able to go home for the, for the holidays, for the Chagim, because if they went home for a two-day Rosh Hashanah, they would have to be uh, quarantined for two weeks. Did any of this change drastically? Was there a month or, I don't know, was it during the summer or after Yontiv when, when things started to behave a little bit more normally in terms of people going places and, uh, and being in a program every day? So, so uh, a few months ago, um, I think things started opening up again, and then, you know, and then, you know, you get declared a red zone, and then somebody right. gets, uh, you know, somebody has, uh, has uh, exposure to someone, and then the house is quarantined, et cetera, et cetera, you know, or a program closes down for a couple of days, and everybody's back on Zoom. Um, it is, you know, thank God, getting, getting better and getting easier, but we're living with this sort of day-to-day, what's going to happen next? And and who from England is going to come in to, to, to the airport yeah. and and deliver a package that would suddenly we get contact tracing that says everybody has to sit home for ten days? It's a it's a harrowing time for everybody. Uh, with all that in mind, I know usually uh, Makar Disability Services turns to the community for support, but boy, it sounds like now. Uh, they really need the support of the community, and I hope people will come through. Remember, everybody, this coming Sunday night at 8 p.m., we'll be doing a live show. Joey Newcomb and Benny Friedman are part of it, plus we'll have an opportunity to really speak and, and, and delve more into the details of what uh, Women's League Macar is doing on a daily basis and why it's so important for the community to support them. You can go right now to charity.com slash Macar, C-H-A-R-I-D-Y dot com slash Macar. And again, the crowdfunding campaign will begin Sunday morning on Sunday night right in the middle of the campaign. We'll be doing the live show, and Dr. Glixman, I know that <laughs> I know that you're you're certainly going to hesitate to uh, disagree with me, uh, but uh, when I say that um, uh, that the community needs to respond to my car now more than ever, that would be accurate. Yeah, hundred percent, a hundred percent. It's been a very trying year for everybody I know, yeah. but uh, but our 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 service participants, our families, our programs really need, need help as we, as we again try to expand into New Jersey where funding isn't as, uh, as high to begin with. If you want to continue providing that core level of services to more and more people, uh, yeah, we really, we really appreciate the community's, the community's help. Thank you very, very much for joining us. Uh, good luck to you, me, and everybody on Sunday night, and good luck to Makar, Women's League Makar Disability Services, and the big crowdfunding campaign, which begins on Sunday morning. Dr. Stephen Glixman is Director of Clinical Innovation at Makar. Thank you so much, Doctor, and I look forward to a very successful event for Makar. Thank you. Thank you so much for, for hosting it, and thank you for uh, allowing us to spread the word. And looking forward to Sunday night, it'll be more fun than human beings should be allowed to have. <laughs> well said. And it'll include Joey Newcomb and Benny Friedman, so that, that alone tells us it's going to be a lot of fun. 20 minutes after 8 o'clock, more coming up. It's JMDAF.